0: Welcome back to the broadcast, my friends. I'm Evangelist Micah McCurry. I have the great honor of being the host of the Bible Tract Echoes radio program that you're listening to right now. I would love to talk for hours really about all that God is doing at the Ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. We'll save that for another week, another broadcast. Suffice to say that to the many of you that pray for our ministry, on a daily or weekly basis i can't thank you enough it's amazing to see every time the staff and team and the donor base and the prayer warriors behind that that undergird really the ministry of bible tracks incorporated every time a special emphasis is put on prayer It's amazing what God does. And so I'm going to ask you once again if you consider praying for us. As I mentioned, probably next week, the week after, we'll talk much more about what God is actually doing in practical purposes at Bible Tracks Incorporated. But I'll ask you if you would, please pray for us. Please pray for me. I have the opportunity to travel tens of thousands of miles every year, and I need your prayers for safety. I need your prayers for our family. I need your prayers for our ministry. God is doing amazing things, things that we couldn't have even imagined to be on our wildest dreams. But please keep praying for us because we know without the presence of God, there is no reason to keep going forward. And so please pray for us. Also, consider going to our website. You know, On our website, BibleTracksInc.org, we have dozens of titles of gospel tracks that you can get right now for free. Now, they may not get there with two-day shipping or one-day shipping, but when you're not paying anything for them, free is a pretty good number, isn't it? It's amazing to think that for 80-plus years, we've been shipping gospel tracks around the world completely free of charge this year we surpassed 600 million gospel tracks in our 80 year history gospel tracks like what i'm holding in my hand right now the one i have is called he is not here who's that talking about well it's talking about our lord and savior jesus christ you see our lord jesus christ is not on the cross he's not in the grave this god man christ jesus is alive today in the body of flesh and bones in which he was crucified and buried you can look at the book of luke chapter number 24 verse 34 and a few verses after that he's in heaven right now he's not in the grave he's not a dead man we don't serve as many other religions do some some artifacts some old bones some place where someone supposedly was We look heavenward and know that he's sitting on the right hand of Jehovah God. And I'm so excited about that. But this gospel track explains to those that might be seeking, might not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, he is not here. Now, it's available, as I said, completely free on our website, BibleTracksInc.org. We don't even charge for the shipping. This isn't one of those deals, one of those scams, one of those as-seen-on-TV things. Now, I know not all of those things are scams, but every once in a while, you hear that, just three easy payments of 19.95. No, friend, this is zero payments of zero dollars. It doesn't cost you anything. F-R-E-E. That spells free. Go to BibleTracksInc.org. Avail yourself of this, I guess you could call it, an amazing free offer. We greatly appreciate that. And it's even better if you get the gospel tracts and you use them, pass them out to people Around you Now, would you jump back into the book of Ezra? It's the book right before Nehemiah. We've spent a lot of time in the book of Nehemiah. We're taking a small detour and introducing you to this man, Ezra. We talked about his beginnings yesterday on the broadcast. We're in Ezra chapter number seven. We talked about the fact that Ezra was living and really grew up in a peaceful land, Babylon, a name that conjures up probably all sorts of thoughts in your mind at the time of Ezra. It was the capital of the largest, the most predominant, the most powerful nation state on the face of the earth during Ezra's time. He came from a priest's lineage, we learned, as well. He could trace his ancestry all the way back to Aaron, the chief priest. But Ezra, we see in the first part of Ezra 7, verse number 6, that he was planning to leave. This Ezra, the Bible says, went up from Babylon And he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses. That's where we're going to pick up in just a moment here. We're going to look at Ezra's behavior, if you'd allow me. Ezra's behavior. Here's the theme. Here's the thrust of what we're trying to get at through the entirety of this week. God help us. We need another Ezra. I'll state that one more time. God help us. We need an Ezra. We need another Ezra. Let's look at, if you would... Ezra 7, verse number 6. This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given, and the king granted him all his requests, according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. Now, realize that Ezra was proficient in the law. Now, I'd like you to think about this fact, and I am so very glad that I can make this statement, and it's biblically true. God has used sinners. And if you really put your thinking caps on, you'll realize that God has never had a choice to use anything different because we're all sinners. But think about this. He used sinners like Paul and Jonah. He used singers like David. Supernatural beings like angels. He even used sisters, if you'll allow me this term, like Deborah and Ruth and Esther. And if you'll cover up the little kids' ears for just a moment here, Realize, though, he didn't use very many stupid people. Now, I probably would have gotten in trouble for using that word as a little kid if my mom had heard me. She was a little strict with things like that. But I'd like you to understand this. God has used simple people. As I said, he, he used sinners. He doesn't have much choice. We're all sinners. But he does not use people that are willingly ignorant of things they should know. If you look at the book of proverbs you'll find god's prescription about people that are willingly ignorant it's not good but you see ezra here i do believe one of the reasons ezra was used was because he was not stupid on purpose He was proficient in the law. He had a desire to know God's book. I've heard it put this way. If you, and I hope very much hope you do, if you have a good local church that you're able to attend that preaches God's book and rightly divides God's word, I've heard it put this way. You're not only responsible for everything from God's word that the pastor, the preacher, preaches while you are there, but you're also responsible for everything that was preached when you should have been there and weren't. So uh, this is an aside, kind of parenthetical here, but let me say this. You should be faithful to your local assembly. You should be faithful to your local church. Can I also say this? You should be faithful to God's book. You should know this book. It is God's way of communicating with you. And I'll use the word, and this will be the last time, but if you are willingly If you choose to be, and I apologize, stupid about what God has shown us from his book, then friend, it's no wonder that God does not choose to use you. Ezra, if you want to be another Ezra, if you want to be a part of helping God's people do great things for his will, And friend, you've got to choose to be proficient in his book, in the law. Ezra was one of those people. I I fear that there are a lot of people under the sound of my voice, and please don't take this as a prescription against you as something that you can't change. I do fear that there are a lot of people listening to me right now that are perfectly content to be ignorant Christians that are perfectly fine with only knowing from their Bible what other people tell them about the Bible. If this program and others like it, maybe on this great radio station that you're listening to right now, if this is the only source of your spiritual knowledge, and it's in this spoon-fed version, where someone tells you what the Bible says, and you just believe it hook, line, and sinker, then friend... Why would you choose to live that way? Why would you choose? Why don't you pick up the fork for yourself, grab a knife, and cut into, figuratively speaking, cut into the meat of God's word instead of being just spoon-fed milk all the time? Now, I so greatly appreciate the fact that you are listening right now. And if this is in addition to your own Bible study, fantastic, that's great. But if you would, be like Ezra. One of the reasons you need to is because if I, and Lord willing, it would only be by accident, but if I ever misspeak and in some way speak heresy or speak out of turn or say something biblically that I should not, that does not line up with the tenets of scripture, then I want you to contact me and let me know that. I want you to call me on the carpet and tell me that. But if you don't know God's word, then you'll never be able to. You'll just believe everything I and other teachers or preachers like me say, and that's not a way to live your life. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. That's Romans 16, 17. How are you going to be able to figure out and mark them that cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine if you haven't learned? How are you supposed to avoid those type of people? What else did Ezra have? He he was proficient in the law. He had the preference of the leader. We see that in verse number six. The king granted him all his requests. Let me say this to the younger folks out there. I am a younger man, relatively speaking. If you don't think you need the advice and counsel of the aged folks in your life, then you are, I'll use a different word, you are a fool. I challenge you to find a Bible example where the younger generation ignores the advice of the older generation and it somehow goes well for them. You have to look no further than someone like Rehoboam, who ignored the advice of his father's counselors, and he went with the young men. What happened? We call that shared ignorance. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourself, for they watch for your souls." What else did Ezra have? Well, he was proficient in the law. He had the preference of the leader. He had the power of the Lord. We'll spend more time on this in the future, but it's always very interesting to pay attention to places where the Bible where God repeats himself. And you'll see in chapter 7, verses 6 and in verse 9 that Ezra had the power of the Lord. And we have right now a dire lack of people with any evidence of the hand of God upon them, of the power of God on them. And I, please understand, in full transparency and self-awareness, I'm not acting like I have it at all myself, but it's something that I strive for, something that I desire with all I have. Will you join us tomorrow as we continue in this theme of God help us? We need another Ezra. Join us for the Bible Tract Echoes radio program throughout the remainder of this week. God bless. Have a great day for his glory.